Hey, this is John Willis again. This is another uh, profound podcast, or Dr. Deming. Um, I have a, a cool guest. Um, we, we've actually ran into each other in the past, but um, we sort of really sort of met in anger, in anger in a positive way on LinkedIn. And, and you know, it's kind of fun how you sort of like you start having these conversations with people LinkedIn and sort of rolls in. And, and at some point I thought, would well, this be great? Let's do a podcast. So uh, you, you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, thank you, John. And uh, um, yeah, um, we've um, been around, well, we're talking um, on LinkedIn and on uh, uh, over via email for a few weeks. So um, yeah, but my name is Glenn Wilson. Um, I am a DevOps and security um, evangelist, I guess, um, and trainer. Um, I've written a book on DevSecOps. Um, I'm also host of a podcast on DevSecOps and co-host of a London um, DevSecOps gathering uh, via Meetup. Um, so, yeah, that's that's pretty much who I am. Yeah, we'll definitely dive into the DevSecOps and definitely your book as well. Um, yeah. It's really, I think yours is the only book really entitled DevSecOps, um, but but which is cool, right? So, um, and I'll tell you some things I, I, I liked about your book. Um, later um so what what gets you into security what like that what you know just in general what's your background that sort of got you to this level of passion where you wrote a book yeah it's it's interesting uh, because i've i've always flirted with um security but never really fully immersed in security for a long time so I started off as a as an engineer a software engineer writing in visual basic and then c sharp when it came along um and i always had that um, interest in security, you know, like uh, little hacks here and there, um, exposing um, perhaps data that shouldn't be exposed, you know, to, to um, potential clients and explain to them what we can do to improve their security. Um, but I wasn't really a security professional at the time. Um, and then as I moved more into management roles, um, I, I started to realize that actually security is very important um, in everything we do really in, in engineering. Um, so I'm working for companies where PCI um, DSS was uh, very important. So obviously that exposed me to a lot of the security elements that required um, security testing, um, password management, end-to-end encryption and all those sort of fun things. Um, and and so it's very important as a, as a leader of a team to make sure that they were doing all that. And then as time progressed, I realized actually security is something I was really interested in. It's something that really grabbed me. And, and, and so I immersed myself in security um, and it became really who I am. But because I've got an engineering background and, and that management process as well, I'm focusing on things like agile. I was, I was a mm-hmm, big mm-hmm big fan of agile when it came out back in the early 2000s um and and i guess when we also started looking at operations side of so so i i i started looking at the build process and how we can integrate tools into the build process all that sort of like flowed into devops i guess for me and then devsecops um although at the time it wasn't really termed devops or devsecops it was it was just a build process and automation process that just integrated security tooling at the time um but you know the DevSecOps is more than that obviously but uh, that, that's how i sort of flowed into that type of uh, of, of path in, that's where my path took me into that sort of career yeah no it's cool um so one of the things that um you know when i when i started this podcast i, I didn't know where it was going to go i had a couple of people that i um you know knew were going to be interesting uh stories around damning average my first one's ben rockwood which is almost a tribute mm-hmm. like because he's the one who sort of turned me on to the whole concept. And, but then I, 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 you know, I, people made, you know, reasonably nice comments about the podcast, which is always good. And then, um, you know, I just said, Hey, if you want to talk about Deming, like, you don't have to be an expert, you're going to ask me questions. And, and you're one of the first ones that I think responded and said, yeah, I'd love to. Right. And then I, the other thing I think that I, I noticed um, that you were sort of um, I'm sort of watching in this on the sidelines, your sort of journey of this, like, like kind of what I went through years ago with Demi, you like, you, you saw something, you read, you know, you read the, one of those books and, and, and uh, so I guess um, long story short, um, why don't you just tell everybody about sort of your journey into the Dr. Deming world? Yeah, I guess it started when I 
first read one of the books that you contributed to the um the devops handbook and and i think i wanted to learn more um it moved me into the Toyota production systems and i think you know through a chain of events <laughs> it led me to deming um and I, I remember reading about deming but didn't actually read deming but read about him and then i think while i was writing my book last year um in 2020 deming came to the forefront because of something I heard, I, I listened to something, and then I thought, Do you know, what? I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna read Deming. Um, so I went out and bought um, Out of the Crisis um, first and read that, um, um, and then obviously the New Economics came second, um, which is actually a good order to read him in because that's the order in which he wrote those two books, right, right, a decade apart. Um, and I think it's only when I read New Economics that lots of pennies dropped. That you know, those aha moments. I wouldn't say there's one aha moment. It's more a general lots and lots of our homeowners came you know as i was reading it and i was like and even when i read back now i just think there's so much in that book that in the new economics that um it, it gets you thinking about what what we're trying to do in security and devops and and there's so much that we can learn from deming i think and and it, you know even even the um you think about the uh, the unicorn project right. um uh, jing kim introduces those five ideals you know so, some of them are aligned to um the the the, the um, four principles of um you know profound knowledge it's um it's, there's a there's a bit of overlap um uh, or maybe not overlap but correlation let's call it definitely um, correlation yeah yeah i know the, yeah. and i think yeah. that um it's funny i think a lot of people um when they read new economics i think if you take the approach of reading the two back to back it it helps you in some sort of synergy of understanding it, you know, most people would say Deming is hard to understand, you know, I mean, the 14 points in, in out of crisis is relatively easy and you can sort of map them well to a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. You get these mini ahas, mm. just, but new economics is where he literally tried to cat, you know, codify or just create his theory of everything, mm. which was like you said, just some profound knowledge. Right. And, uh, yeah, and I think that's, it's funny though. I was going to say that, I don't, the first time I read New Economics, I didn't really get it. So it's funny how some people it hits and you get it sort of, you know, right off the bat. But I think you have to be prepped. Yeah. Yeah. To get yeah. it. Absolutely. I think if you read it from not knowing anything about Deming, you'd find it very difficult to read. But I think, you know, understanding, I think understanding DevOps and having read that background right. as well in yeah. DevOps helped me um, because I think I was looking, I was looking for perhaps, um the, the the inspiration that that led to what what you know became devops and and, and i think um there's a lot in there and, and and then you start learning more about what deming's writing and you're thinking actually there's more to this deming philosophy than than you really thought and i didn't wait, and i mean the book the new economics is not a thick book at all it's a very thin book right. in, in, right. in comparison to many other books um and uh, but it's, so, it's packed full of information. It's packed full of um, of stuff. And I think every sentence that Deming wrote had a purpose. Yeah. <laughs> he never wasted a word. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he, 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 he said he didn't suffer fools. I'm sure he didn't suffer <laughs> characters in a, in a in a book. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's just a profound knowledge. I mean, you know, one of the things I do want to talk to you about your book a little later. I want to sort of drill in on, on Deming because it is the Deming Profound Podcast, right? But um you know, I, I was, you know, early in your book, you you do a good job of sort of summarizing the, what DevOps is and, mm-hmm. and you use the three ways and then you use the, um, the genes, you can unicorn project, the ideals, right? So, yeah. um, and, um, you know, and you, I mean, you, you can cross match that with Deming's 14 points, you know, yeah. the, the first way, second way, right? Um, yeah. I mean, absolutely. I mean, the whole, the, you know, the very concept of systems thinking yeah. is, is is what Deming was 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 talking about. You know, systems thinking. His first principle um, in his system of profound knowledge is appreciation of the system. Um, and and I think you know that 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 is a, a major um, part of DevOps as well. You need to appreciate that, that this is a system that you're working with it. And and I think that's sub, perhaps where some of the weaknesses are in in what people are doing in DevSecOps right now is that they're mm, not, not yeah, thinking yeah. about the whole system; they're thinking about their particular part. So we talk about you know automation, right. um, and but they might say, "Oh, we don't want to do automation because it slows down the pipeline." Really, you know, how's that affecting the system? Though is it improving the quality? Right, what's, what's the, the outcome? Of what's the, the outcome for a customer? Yeah, right. 
like yeah. brand protection might be a good thing, yeah. right? Yeah. And and those unknowns, you know, like you know, if you have a breach, obviously people are going to drift away from your company, drift away from your organization. Yeah, exactly. So it's important that security plays a major part in what we do on a day-to-day basis. And we shouldn't be detracted by um, those types of stories of, oh, we need to go faster. What, what, what speed mean? I, mean, I don't think Devin okay, ever meant to How speed. fast is fast, right? Like, at what <laughs> yeah. point is it, like, if you've gotten to, you know, I think it, I, I tell us a lot of times, you know, this whole uh, deploys per, right? Like, yeah. it meant a lot back in the day when we all sucked at this, right? Like, yeah. right yeah. when we, like, we're doing sort of, um, you know, even interval-based waterfall-ish stuff, right? But yeah. there's a point of which you get to where, you know, I don't know if it's, like, one deploy a day, 10 deploys a day, 100 deploys. I, like, I don't know what that number. And and I think it, it's content, to, you know, it's, it's sensitive to your environment, hmm. which is sort of the better point, which is, like what you get if you're doing 10, like you shouldn't be like, oh my God, we got to get to a thousand or we stink. Right. Mm. Because then how fast is fast enough? Mm. The Tubble Powell, like he was a Capital One and, you know, he'd, he'd always bring this question up at the DOS Enterprise Summit. Like just because you can go fast doesn't mean you need to go yeah. fast. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And, and you're right. The systems thinking is a big, uh, you know, is a part of that. The other thing I think, what I, I want to hear your opinion on this. So I'll go into a lot of sites and I think, most of the DevSecOps stories today are great, right? Okay, we're better than we were. We're adding all the sort of things into, you know, into the pipeline that was sort of maybe not thought as an integrated approach. Hmm. But I still think even in most cases when I run a company and they tell me, you know, John, look at our DevSecOps reference architecture. And they've got, they got, you know, they got the SaaS, the DAS, the, the SCA. They got, you know, it's all pretty much automated. But I, I still see an uncoupled, non-systems thinking approach in many of those environments because they're different products, they're different logs. They're just, they're not sort of, um, you know, if you follow anything, I'm a big fan of this sort of DevOps automated governance. But I don't think, I think you're right. I think today, or I want to hear your opinion that like even in the sort of mostly best DevSecOps implementations, like, hey, I want to pat you on the back. You did an excellent job. I still think there's a lack of sort of overall sort of systems thinking and a systems approach to what we're doing in security. Yeah, def- definitely is. I mean, the fact that um, we have this argument between, you know, engineers want to go down one route and security want to go down another route um you know so the engineers want to go through this agile and um sort of high velocity type of delivery and then you've got security who want to hold them back and say no no you've got to do these checks and balances that that in itself is a right. is a sign that there's no you're not thinking of that, that the whole system but even with um in vulnerability management as well, you know, you, you run a SaaS tool for the first time or any any type of asset tool for the first time, you're going to get lots and lots of vulnerabilities, lots of false yeah. positives. You know, um, how's that affecting your system? Who's going to look at, at resolving those vulnerabilities and, and who's going to look at triaging them? Who's going to look at uh, identifying the false positives and, 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 and taking those out? So, no one's really thinking about what's the outcome here for the customer. They're all thinking about, okay, we've got the number of vulnerabilities. Great. Audit teams can take a look at that. Um, we've got, you know, we've, we've solved a certain number of vulnerabilities in a, in a week or in a month. Great. That that That's going to satisfy this particular lead in that particular department. But, you know, what, what's this doing for the whole organization, the whole system? What 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 are we trying to achieve with AST and DAST, AST, IAST, all that sort of stuff, SEA? What are we trying to achieve with it? Um, and I find that's something which we haven't quite grasped yet. I think and even the implementation of, of those types of tools, it's not really done in a DevOps way. It's not done in the way that Deming perhaps would have thought about it. Right. Deming probably would have said, okay, let's start with a theory. We've got a theory um, that if we run this particular tool and identify our, let's say, injection vulnerabilities, we can then work on solving those injection vulnerabilities and then we can create a theory to, or then we can like look at that and say have, have we resolved them and and, and yeah, 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 yeah. you started to start see a pdsa cycle here you know the plan do study okay. um you know so so if you could plan how you're going to resolve vulnerabilities as you as you go along rather than just say right we're going to throw a tool at this 
and then just run a scan and then deal with the offshoot. You, you, you're not really doing it the no. right way in my mind. Yeah, you, you do need to be much more considered. You need to like treat every single part of this as an experiment. You know, what's the right tool? Are we if are we actually reducing the number of vulnerabilities in our code? How are we measuring that? Do we measure that at all at the moment? I don't that's know. Right. That's right. Um, yeah. So yeah, there's there's so much we can learn from them in that way. And, and that's uh, the theory of knowledge, right? We talked about theory, the system around knowledge, theory, knowledge yeah. four lenses, right? And we talked about system yeah. thinking, actually critical. Like, how do we get a sort of, uh, you know? Again, I think a lot of what's going on in DevSecOps today is a lot of integration, which is good, right? Like, in, like we yeah. integrated a software composition analysis tool. We've integrated a SAS or a DAS tool into the pipeline, but it's yeah. an integration, not a systems yeah, approach. Exactly. And then I think that what you're talking about is the second area, which is theory of knowledge, which is sort of goes back to, um, you know, to be a fancy terminology, epistemology, but to be mm-hmm. somewhat practical, it is really um, scientific think- thinking, right? It's PDC- yeah. PDSA. And you're right. Like we do, we, with all the stuff we do with security, and, and so we know this answer, right? Sort of like there's sort of risk is sort of outdated. It sets up these standards. Um, the engineers try to sort of put the things in place to sort of make their their sort of disconnected standards sort of look pretty. Then there's mm-hmm. like this ridiculous arbitrage for about 30, 40 days a year on like what's happening. And very little of that is based on you know, sort of risk and the, you know, delivery team sitting down and doing the, let's, you know, it's hypothesis driven. Like what, yeah. you know, like what if we tweaked these things, what would be the output of that? Right. Yeah. I don't see any of that. There's a lot of planning, a lot of doing, then return. That's right. Plan, do, plan, do, plan, do. And that's in everything, not just security. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, a, yeah, it's a lot. But the studying part is the, or, um, I think studying was the word that um, Deming liked to use. That's right. That's right. He he. There was yeah. a whole. I wrote a blog article about like sort of how yeah. that sort of changed. You know, from Schuert on to Schuert being sort of the originator yeah. of of um, a lot of the you know sort of a lot of Deming's thinking, um, including sort of theory of knowledge. And, yeah. And he called it. It was really called the Schuert cycle, and then it was a Deming cycle, and then it became PDCA, and then like Deming. Yeah. There's a good explanation why he changed it to S as in study, but. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the bottom line is it's just basically walking through the sort of the the study and acting, like yeah, uh, which are the most important parts of it. You know, it's you know you, you you've got to have to start with theory first. You know, before you that's can right, do that's right. Exactly. You, you, gotta, you gotta have theory exactly, and then I think yeah. that leads into the um the 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 his other sort of lens, which is psychological safety, right? I think which is. If you don't, if you're not following some scientific method, it's easy to be prey to a non-psychological safe environment, right? In other words, you know, if I'm in experiment mode, I can make an experiment, I can fail. Yeah, exactly. And just the study and action upon that theory. Yeah. And, and which opens up the ability for this whole notion of psychological safety, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's 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 probably a big factor in security, isn't it? People don't like to uh, admit that they've created a security vulnerability, or they they don't like that whole blame game uh, when it comes to um, security. So, um, having that 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 process in place that allows you to go through like a, a controlled experiment every time to to actually you know build build out your knowledge um, on, on how security is going to work in your organization then you know that that's what builds in that psychological safety um is you know i, I think too many people are, are hung up on you know appraisals for example i know deming's a big big um <laughs> a critic of um of, of appraisals but but you know we, we have this problem in security at the moment we're appraised by you know does this person write good code not introduce some um, vulnerabilities um into his code yeah yeah he's good right let's give him a high score great you know but um again he could be a, a you know benefactor of the the, the system not really everybody's doing their best that's right, that's right. yeah you were trained a certain way and you didn't know about it but i think the other thing right it would it be true to say that um as you know as we're talking through this that that generally um the um you know that the way we do security in 2021 is still sort of motivated by fear 
Yeah, I think so. I think there's there's the, the fear of um, fear of actually the fear of actually succumbing to a breach or to a ransomware or yeah. to, to, to something. You know, there's that fear. So, so you'll see um, organizations say, you know, well, we need to do something. So they throw um, automation at, at their solution. Say, so you're right, let's throw automation at it. Um, and I think that's the solution, but they're doing it through fear. And then, of course, the engineers are then trying to integrate the security into all these automation tools into their pipeline, and then it becomes difficult because perhaps they haven't assessed it correctly, they haven't got the right tools in, um, and then the vulnerabilities come out, and then they're looking at ways to, you know, you know, <laughs> you got so many vulnerabilities, a couple of thousand vulnerabilities come out from the original scan, you know. The fear factor there is, you know, I need to make sure that every one of those um, uh, vulnerabilities is checked to make sure it's not right. true. It's almost like positive. lines of code, right? Like, yeah, I mean, yeah exactly. Yeah. It becomes, you know, so everything's driven by fear, which is not the right thing. So right from the very start, you know, fear of being, you know, succumbing to an, an attack, right down to the fear of not implementing security correctly you know but by by an engineer at that level so yeah you you got you got to move away from that um the fear driven type of approach so i wanted to get into something so like granted i'm a damning geek i'm in so deep it's like i can't like find my way out so when i sort of bring up a subject i need to be cognizant of how sort of you know you know my emphasis of how much i know about damning how much i allocate towards probably it's not could be the same for every other person but yeah. how, a part of the um, a big part of Deming's work, definitely early on, and I would say one of the sort of it, one of the four pillars. Not I would say it is one of the four pillars. Is um, the theory of variation? Yeah. If you looked into, um, and I have some sort of method in my madness here. You know, sort of part A is: Have you looked at, um, you know, the the, uh, the um, statistical process control? And how that sort of works, you know, with sort of common cause and, uh, and and special cause. And and the reason I ask is because you spend a lot of time in security. I I think there's something where an opportunity we're missing, you know, there. Um, it, there's been so much work in so many other areas that have benefited incredibly yeah. from you know, control chart ideas with you know special and common cause and. And have you thought about that? Because I, 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 at some point, I'd like to get a conversation with a bunch of security people about. Um, yeah, I, I have thought about it, but I haven't had a chance to actually do any sort of like experimentation myself with this. But, but certainly, if, when you think about the red bead um, uh, um, uh, demonstration that Demi yeah. used to do, the whole point of that was it was looking at defects. You say the red beads with the defects and the white beads are good, and and. And the whole idea is is that you obviously pull out um, fifty beads, and if a certain number of them are going to be red and a certain number are going to be white, um, and 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 that's your system. Um, I, I look at that and I think, isn't security the same as a defect? Isn't security vulnerability the same as a defect? And and when you're you doing that um, that that white bead red bead experiment, you you are actually in doing the same as what security is doing you're you're checking to see what sort of vulnerabilities have come out how many vulnerabilities have come out and then you're telling people that's not good enough and then suddenly somebody might pull out fewer somebody might pull out more and they get awarded or punished based on on their results and and he wanted security maybe that is where we're going wrong that we're not looking at the system as a whole that yeah. we're looking just at individuals uh, and not just individual people but individual teams and, and saying well you know that team is 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 generating too many vulnerabilities but, but why why are they doing that you know and and what's the trend we don't tend to look at trends right. we tend, exactly. tend to look at the here and now this yeah. is how many vulnerabilities we have today but how's that changing over time you know how many are we introducing how many are we fixing uh, and and that will be plotted on a chart over time and you're going to see variation right. but is it within the control boundaries is it is it is it is it part of the system is it is it you know, are, it, are they are they are they are they yeah, just the vulnerabilities the that are caused by the system? You know, yeah, you definitely helped me sort of see clarity in this because I, like, I've really sort of tried to understand the whole you know sort of statistical process control and it. You know, a lot of people explain it very simply as like it's you know you take these data points in this case it could be vulnerabilities or so security. You know, James Wicket, a good friend of mine, that he's over Verica, but he's part of DevOps Days 
Austin, you sort of iconic down there and everywhere, but he always used to say a bug is a bug is a bug, right? You know, mm-hmm. like there's no difference between sort of software bug and a security, right? Like it's just a bug. And so if, imagine you just sort of plot all those sort of bugs out and then you, you know, do statistics, you basically sort of calculate the mean and then there's, um, you know, it doesn't have to be, but it might be three signal above, three standard deviations above and below. And the general idea is anything outside of that upper control, lower control is what they call a special course. Yeah. And those are easier to deal with. Like they could be a zero day vulnerability or it could be like, you know, um, you know, some employee was a thief. Right. And like, okay, like we can fix that. We know how to deal with it. Or we, we remove the credentials right away. Um, And a lot of people think it's just like special cause anomaly and then everything's under control. But to your point about trends, the thing that why this Patrol was created was a guy named Walter Schuett was yeah. literally trying to shift left on figuring out th- how things broke. Yeah. You know, to sort of get rid of like they were making telephone and telephone factory equipment and they had a lot of scrap. Mm. And they said, well, what if we could just sort of move that data in to some system where we can look for trends inside of the control limits. So I'm wondering if we were able to take the data of vulnerabilities, use that sort of model to your point, the anomalies, the things outside, you know, above or below the control limits, the three standard deviations or they call three sigma, like those are pretty easily identified or manageable. Hmm. But now what, ha- what should happen is you should have randomness Unless and if you don't see randomness, then that's indicating a trend. Yeah. Exactly. So now you can really catch trends way before inspection. Yeah. Right. So anyway, yeah, I think that I think that's like you said, it's the it's the sort of common cause variation is where you could like if we were to do something significant, we do a statistical cross control and we look for those sort of patterns that tell us when something's in control that it might yeah. be going out of control. That makes sense. Yes. Yeah, 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 it does, it does. Uh, you know, and, and certainly you, you can identify over time, you can identify trends where, you're, you know, you're you you you're starting to, to increase the number of vulnerabilities in your code, for example, okay. to find out what, why that is. And you can why, stumble yeah. out before a pen, penetration test has got anywhere near it. Right. Good, good. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and that's another thing as well, which is, uh, you know, the penetration testing, in my mind, is the same as what Deming called inspection. So Deming said inspection is looking at something after the event, and and it's actually meaningless. Um, you know, you're, you're you're basically saying, look how many defects I've got. Great, but I can't do anything with them. It's too <laughs> late. Yeah, yeah, it's too, too late. Um, you know, so it's just inspection. So you know, by by re- not not necessarily removing the need for penetration testers, but certainly, you know, looking at saying let's try and move. I hate the term shift left, but certainly moving. It- you know, security testing it, along the whole pipeline, wherever yeah. you are in the pipeline, whether it is you're in the IDE, whether you're in the the initial commit, the build or the deployment part of the pipeline, you should always be checking for, for vulnerabilities all the way through. Yeah, moving to, and that's sort of the, um, you know, you, you, again, we'll get to your book here now, but like your book, you, you when you're sort of overview of DevOps, you point out the three ways of DevOps, right? And say so the first way is left to right, second way is sort of, right to left amplify feedback loops. Well, that's like what we're talking. You know, I, I'd almost, I don't know, think I'd want to waste too much time. There's an interesting debate about shift left. I've never been comfortable about it, but like I'm hearing more and more people say they hate that term. And so I have this weird sort of, if I think about Toyota and like sort of lean manufacturing as it's transposed to lean, you know, sort of lean software or sort of knowledge work, I think it yeah. applies, but I do, I do get like, Without that context, I think people do get annoyed about the shift left. But yes, it's like shift left suggests that there's actually a start point, um, <laughs> um, but but there isn't a start point. It's it's a continuous cycle. Um, okay, so- uh, that, that makes sense. All right, so um, yeah, I'm trying to understand. I mean, I'm not, I've never been married to it, other than like sometimes we get terms that everybody gets right and yeah, exactly <laughs> work around those like devops right like yeah. it's an anchor for a great conversation all right let's get to your book i i really enjoyed your book i i you know i went back and looked at my history i, I bought it right about the time it came out i think it, it popped up somewhere on my radar i said oh you know devsecops book i should totally buy this 
Mm-hmm. I tend to, um, on a lot of books, I'll do the like really quick scan, like I'll speed read the book yeah. and then sort of make mental notes. And then what happens is as I go back, as things pop up, I'm like, I know where that is. That's in this book. And then, um, but, you know, I was going back through it this morning just to sort of refresh my memory. I, I really think it's a good book. I think one of the areas that I thought you did a great job in is uh, your chapter six, uh, because, um, you know, Tom Limicelli, you know, I'm sounding like I'm all over the map, but Tom Limicelli is a great sort of DevOps sort of person in, in our community. And he wrote some really good books called Cloud uh, System Administrator, Volume 1, Volume 2. And in there, he did this amazing job of like really clarifying all the sort of deployment strategies. But he had a whole mm-hmm. chapter. He said, like, here's Blue Green, here's Dark Boy, here's. And, and it was the first time like there was sort of one place for people like, I wonder what that is. I'd like to learn more. Right. I think you did that. I think I got it right. Chapter six, where you sort of defined, I think a lot of people when they're first trying to, especially from they're not software background, like what's the difference between SAS? What's the difference between DAS? What's the difference between software? And I think you did a really good job there um, codifying for us. So what I was trying to do with the book really was to try and break down what, so what we call DevSecOps and and say, these are the sort of things you're going to come across. Um, So, you know, you are going to come across SAS, DAS, DIS, and SEA. What do they mean, and, and how do you and, and how do you use them? Um, you know, if, it is for leaders, but but leaders really it could be anybody. It could be oh, somebody yeah, yeah. who's yeah, we're all leader. If you're right. yeah. yeah, exactly. So it's for anybody really who's interested. And, and you notice the book is not very technical. Uh, there is a bit of a technical section in there when I talk about uh, you know secure by design. But again, I try to keep it quite low key with the, the, the technical elements. So I was really trying to say, look, this is what DevSecOps is about. This is how you would go about implementing some of these tools. But I wasn't trying to say uh, that DevSecOps is automation or DevSecOps is um, cloud, you know, because that's, but these are, these are, these are terms that you're going to come across as right, you're going right. through DevSecOps. So, you know, there's another section on cloud technologies, you know, I talk about different types of cloud and, uh, and containerization and, and service meshing and, and all that sort of stuff, because it's, it's useful information if you come across DevSecOps, so especially people that have never really heard of it before picking up my book, um, which I'm assuming a lot of people probably haven't heard of Dex or, or might have heard of it, but didn't really know what it was. So I was just trying really to explain that, all of that in my book as a, as a go-to book. And it's, it, I try to future-proof it to a degree as well. To So it would be, you know, it's a, one of those books that could probably sit around for a few, you know, a couple of years at least, um, just so that people will always have a reference. Um, there are other books out there on DevSecOps, um, the Secure I think it's a Secure DevOps, uh, I think it's a book. Um, uh, well, yeah, I think I've seen that. And they, uh, the one I actually like, although I think they hit the mark too early, was the uh, Agile Security. Uh, I don't know if you read that. It was yeah. a, that was a pretty good. It was a, you know, I like that book too, yeah. I mean, you're right. You know, I, I don't know. I think yours um, um, just sort of hit right. Like you said, the way you wrote it, you know, like I, I think that if you bog people down with too much of the gory technical – that's going to be site or core organization specific, right? Like yeah, I think. Um, so I, I did think you had a good reading. Was it? Is it partly that you wanted to learn? I, you know, sometimes I'll work on a, a, a paper or a book a couple of times, but um, to sort of learn about the subject, you know, like when you're done, you learn a lot more than you sort of knew going in. Or I, I guess it was because you look around bookstores online or mm-hmm, mm-hmm. physical bookstores and, and there isn't really anything on DevSecOps. Right. Um, you know, there's bits and pieces across the internet. And I guess I felt that really, I, if I wanted to know more about DevSecOps, where would I go? And of course I did go on a journey of learning uh, for the book. You know, I interviewed a number of people, um, a bit of research or a lot of research actually um, um, that goes into the book. Uh, and it, it is a learning process. Definitely. Um, uh, um, you know, there's things that I discovered that, I, I hadn't realized um, tying things together as well, you know, like thinking about how things work together, you know, and, and coming up with that framework of the, the three layers, um, education, knowledge, the foundation of everything we do, and then secure by design, you know, applying that knowledge and then testing the security automation, testing that the, the, out, output, the output of that knowledge um, that, that you're actually developing secure systems. And, um, and, 
and, and I think that was a learning progress to think, okay, how would you apply this, you know, and, and then mm. come up with a model of applying this, you know, so, you know, understand what it is that you're trying to fix, learn it inside out, fix it and then test it, you know, and that's, um, that was, uh, that was the approach that I thought would be, you know, that was that, that's when I started to hear more about Deming as well. When I was writing those sort of sections, I was thinking, hold on a minute, didn't, didn't I pick this up somewhere in, about Deming and his uh, PDSA cycle, for example. And, um, but um, it, it was too early in my knowledge, in my journey. Yeah, yeah, I thought that your sort of secure testing pyramid was kind of cool, right? Like that. Yeah. And I think putting it in a sort of systems context. Um, I did, you know, maybe I get this wrong. I was going back trying to, like, I, I read the book when it first came out. I did the scan. I did the, I've read different sections of it. Yeah. Uh, this morning I was taking another look at it. I, I think you said, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but you said this sort of like this sort of this intrinsic you get security as part of DevOps. And I basically agree. But then I thought you applied that that was sort of dangerous. And I think I, I kind of agree with that too, right? Sort of thinking that yeah. just, I mean, it goes back to what we talked about earlier. I think just thinking that you sort of, because you're doing, you know, test-driven development, because you're doing pairing on pull requests, because you might be have ZAS, you might have some sort of, you know, um, intensive vulnerability scanning, thinking that you're actually solving the security problem is sort of dangerous. I think it goes back to that's not a systems approach and maybe that could be dangerous. Is that- yeah. Well, what I, was trying to, I think what I was trying to say there really is um, DevOps in itself is, 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 is it lost security along the way. And that's no fault of DevOps. That, that's, yeah, it, it is what it is, right? Yeah. It is what it is. And I think it's, um, if anything, it's probably teams like the security the security teams within an organization not really appreciating what was going on um and 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 so because of that the engineers started to think okay i've got to do some vulnerability scanning i've got to introduce sas das or whatever they, they they throw it in um but the security guys are still saying oh, i still need to do threat modeling for you i still need to do penetration testing for you you know i still need to, to go through these checks and balances before you deploy to a production system you're thinking well, hold on a minute. DevOps isn't DevOps is, is meant to be this free flowing mm-hmm. um, process. And here comes security. It says, no, no, I don't want you to go, for, you know, flow freely. You know, I want to, I want to keep checking up and, and hold your hand and stop you every now and again and say, no, you're not doing it right. Uh, and I just felt that DevOps in itself um, doesn't describe security um requirements as, as such for DevSecOps. Um, and I know some people feel that DevSecOps is a term that's not needed, that DevOps implies mm-hmm. security. Yeah, yeah. But but I just think it just needed a little bit more explicit. It did it um, totally need it. I mean that I mean yeah, just, so you know just, I was early DevOps, right? So I was involved in this very early. And like and every time somebody tried to morph the name, there was sort of an army of us <laughs> sort of try to whack-a-mole it, right? Because we'd like, you know, you know, it's it's a metaphor. DevOps are two different teams. But uh, it was Shannon Lee who actually coined the DevSecOps term, you know. And so, first off, I'm like, go argue with her because she's brilliant. But um, but second was, I think we really needed a shock to the system, yeah. right? And and so I, I like to say that I like I like I look forward to the time where we don't have to use the word DevSecOps. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. But right, you know, this sort of time that we've been in the last five years or so. We sort of needed it. We needed to sort of shock the system. We needed to have another sort of overlay conversation hmm. on top of DevOps. And and so I think the debate about the word is silly. Hmm. It's just a word, you know. Exactly. Um, yeah. And then, you know, that like does the word, you know, like it, it's sort of like shift left. Again, I wouldn't die on the sword for shift left. But, but at the end of the day, if it's a phrase or a word, that creates a positive conversation, then it's right. <laughs> like yeah, then yeah, it yeah. was the right thing. And and I, I, I don't think you could argue against what DevSecOps, the, the word yeah. has introduced. What I do find frustrating though is people using DevOps and DevSecOps in the wrong way. Like um, I, I've been asked a few times, how can DevSecOps help me to deliver more secure software and, and i'm saying DevSecOps can't help you do anything <laughs> nor can devops help you do anything yeah, that's right, that's right. these just describe high performing secure organizations and that's that's what you're aiming for um right. yeah adam jacob used to say 
I think, you know, he's changed his canonical definition over the years, but I'll still go with his first one, which is DevOps is a cultural and professional movement, full stop. Yeah. Right? Totally like, and so DevSecOps is a professional cultural movement, full stop. Like, and then, you know, Absolutely. we get some sort of advisement from you know, things like your book, different speakers, the communities. And, but at the end of the day, we have to figure out in our own organization hmm. how this contextually, you know, what, yeah. why, to your point, back to the sort of Deming thing, like, why are we doing this? Hmm. And what's sort of the outcome of this, all the security? I would say it's simply brand protection because, you know, like you talk about, like, you get a breach. Yeah. You know, that, that's, that's, you know, that is basically at the core of your business. It, it, it you know, it'll affect your brand. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and as Debbie would have said, these are the unknowns. <laughs> the unknowns that you can't know. Um, and yeah, so um, so on your in DevSecOps, um, other than Shift Left and uh, you know, what you've already described, like what would you say is what you think the biggest takeaway somebody should know about DevSecOps? I mean, I know it's a sort of crummy question, but. <laughs> But you are the author. <laughs> yeah, so I think the biggest thing is it's it's about knowledge. I think it comes back down to again the, what Deming was saying. It's it's knowledge um, that is key. So understanding what security is and, and how you apply it in your in your in your day to day activity. You know, with what I've really understood, not just reading Deming, but reading the likes of Drucker as well, um, Peter Drucker. He, you know, he said. He described a, a manufacturing um, industries. You know, he worked at AT and T, I think, uh, Bell Technologies, um, and this these were the area where manufacturing was very important. You had the Henry Ford, which is into the manufacturing side of things, and and then we've moved into a knowledge service industry. Um, and surely the thing that's more important to us nowadays is that knowledge is actually having knowledge and having the skills to do the job that we do well. Uh, and I just feel that we've lost that. You, you know, you can if you, if you look think about manufacturing, you think about high quality do, building those high quality components and make up a car, for example. That's quite clear cut. But when you say I need to build high quality secure software, that's not really so clear cut. And is that because we lack the knowledge to do that within the industry as a whole, and 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 therefore that's where the gap is. So for me, perhaps knowledge we need to learn more we need to understand security better um in order to move forward and i think that's the sort of type of message i like to give yeah yeah it's it's yeah that's 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 the message i like to to yeah i mean i you know i'm a broken record about toyota and toyota parking systems but the thing that differentiated toyota in the 80s basically where they decimated the u.s car makers is they cherish knowledge and communication yeah, their systems were based on knowledge transfer and understanding, and you know, and you're right. I mean, you know, in in a lot of ways, um, you know, again, I, I you know, I think the, the you know Mary Poppendick writing lean software development, sort of taking lean manufacturing, you know, lean manufacturing as a description of what Toyota did, uh, an American description of it, and then Mary Poppendick and Tom Poppendick basically. Um, go ahead and write this book called Lean Software Development. I know a lot of other people were involved in things like this, but like they were sort of the the poster if you will and and then we started down in agile and devops but i think we do a lot and then you know so we talked about earlier security and trust sort of non-trust environments i do think we we sort of um, pendulum swing on this idea of how much do we put in to you know um you know i I, just sort of a corny example is I, you know, I detest when an organization hires a high profile person, mm. maybe somebody like you, high security profile, you know, big job, big position. And then, um, you know, they want to go to some sort of seminar or something like that. And like, well, you're an expert. Why would I send you to a seminar? I'm like, you yeah. totally don't get it. <laughs> like, that's yeah. the reason I am an expert is because I go to seminars. And exactly. I go to, yeah. And I think we, we, we fall into that trap a lot. Right. Yeah, I saw like take a bit of a half-hearted. Well, I don't know. No, this is quite half-hearted. I, I do try and explain that knowledge is almost like information um, uh, um, entropy. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, you, your your knowledge is always 
looking to, to disperse <laughs> you, know, you, you can't retain all this forever so you, it's, it's, it's disappearing so you need to keep on filling it it's like um so so you, i don't I, you, I don't know if you've ever heard uh, or read um bertalanthi um ludwig von bertalanthi i think his name is um and he talks about closed and open systems in a biological way, mm. and and you know, a closed system is where the second law of thermodynamics comes into place, where where everything within that closed system uh, moves towards chaos. Um, whereas in an open system, you've got the ability to pull stuff in to create um, almost like sustainability. So you don't degenerate into, into chaos. Hence the reason why organisms like uh, humans and uh, and any other animal or plant is, is, is becoming even more well-organized over time uh, while the universe is going down the yeah, 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 yeah. So, so knowledge is exactly the same i think is that the more you pull knowledge in um the, the better it is it becomes an open system but if you close your system yeah no totally then, then you, it's just gonna well, it's just it, gonna waste away you, know, you mentioned like how long your book will be you know you try to make it relevant for time and i i, I, yeah. I think you're right i think it does have a, a reasonable shelf life yeah, but yeah. even like the DevOps handbook, right? Yeah. I've always known there was a shelf life of that book, right? <laughs> you know, like you know, there's a point at which those stories will be stale. Unfortunately, they're not yet. And shout out, we've got the five year anniversary coming out. But yeah. but the point being that 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 that's another sort of I love the knowledge entropy idea in that, um, like things change, you get new things. Mm. So just like not sending that person to seminar, well, yeah, they might be an expert. In, you know, December 31st, 2020. Right? Yeah. But like what happens when you get to 2022 What about what else has happened? And so I think that is another form, like sort of that decay, the entropy of like, there's just new things and you're not absorbing it. I think that's a brilliant observation. The, uh, the, the Mark Burgess, if you haven't followed some of his stuff, he's really good on this whole sort of yeah. physics and knowledge and um, yeah. final takeaway on Demi, like, you know, what, like, Oh, there's just so much really to say about everything. <laughs> I just, I, I would just say, just just reading. You know, read these um, out of the crisis and new economics. I think you'll learn a lot from it. Um, and um, especially if you want to do DevOps or, or DevSecOps, or DevOps. You know, right. if you if you want to do it, then understand the roots of this. Obviously, reading the DevOps handbook as well, which is 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 very important but i'm also seeing in the unicorn project and the phoenix project i'm also seeing yeah, yeah. bits of deming slide through and i do wonder whether um uh eric is actually deming in some respects or well or you know it, it's funny it's and, actually go rat but sort of go rat has this great show yeah, yeah. Giants, go- which basically you know he attributes you know like a lot of to like goes back to deming so yeah yeah, yeah exactly so so you do like feel that coming through you know um, yeah 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 so, um yeah totally uh, um, so yeah, I would say for, if you, you can take anything away from Deming, and that is just read Deming and, yeah, and, no, and try to understand him and read every word as well because yeah. every word is important. Yeah, I think you have to sort of break down to the um, a lot of what I've been so so I'm writing a book about Deming that should be out next year, right? And oh, I've cool. really tried to go into the why did he come up with like what, when he's 90 years old, he starts writing on his last book, right? That's the yeah. same thing by itself. People don't realize when he was 50 is when he did his miracle in Japan stuff. He's 50 years yeah. old. Those are 50 know. years old. We're sort of almost useless, right? It's my age um, now. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, it, yeah, I'm 62, so I can say that, but uh, the, but, but here he is at 90 codifying all of his principles. Right. And, so I've, I've spent a lot of time trying to figure out, like, where did he get theory of knowledge, right? And so you can you can see the roots in that from, like, you know, pragmatism and see how there's, I don't go, I've gone into this other podcast. Where did he get, um, you know, well, we know where he got variation, right? I'm sure. But um, where did he get, you know, systems thinking from, you know, and, and you know, and where did he get, um, you know, theory of psychology from, right? And so, yeah. like, I, I've tried to go back in his timeline of things he did, people he met, things that sort of um, influenced him. There's a, there's a, a sort of, we'll end a little bit on this, but there, I, I saw this, there's a Deming humor video clip of just things that, that he says that sort of, like, he's not even trying to be funny, but it's hilarious. It's kind of but, funny, yeah. but, but some uh, some young student had seen his seminar at one point 
And then two years later, came back and saw it again. And he's like, Dr. Deming, you said back in, you know, in, you know, 1981, that this was this, right? And he goes, now you're saying this, this, and he goes, you know, and it's probably like, you know, you can see in the video, I will never apologize for learning, you know, yeah. you know, like, like yeah, like, like I'm learning, buddy, you know, like yeah. join the club, so. I've used that quote myself a number of times recently because I think when you write a book, and you'll know this as much as anyone else, when you write a book, it's fixed in time. And you do learn more. You learn more and you might contradict yourself in an article or a subsequent book or a subsequent lecture. And and people will say, but you said that back then and then you're saying this. Well, I used the Deming quote. Yeah, brilliant. So how do people find you? Your book is just called DevSecOps, I think, right? Isn't that right? Yeah, I think it's Guide to Producing Secure Software, blah, blah, blah. It's quite a long subtitle. But uh, yeah, it's DevSecOps. You'll find it on uh, Amazon or Kindle. It's got the infinity loop on it, so it's pretty hard to miss, right? Yeah, I've, I, I've, I've messed around with that infinity loop. I don't even know if it's, it's like painted on like all my stuff. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm, not, I'm not really a big fan of that infinity loop. But there you, I know, like, you know, again, there's another thing. You don't <laughs> need to apologize for learning. I think there's a lot of sort of now back yeah. on exactly yeah. um, but you can find me on linkedin um uh glenn wilson just on linkedin and i'm also on twitter um at glenn dynaminet dynaminet's my company name which is okay. n-a-m-i-n-e-t so that's how you find me yeah you should follow glenn on, on linkedin he's um he's always posting i always feel <laughs> sort of guilty because i swap into security stuff and then i'll work on this and i'll work on that but he, he sort of keeps me up to date on a lot of cool things that are happening. So just following Glenn, you, you tend to post some good sort of general ongoing knowledge. Yeah. I, so you do a good I, job. So I like posting theoretical stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I love what you do. So it's it's fun following you. I don't know. And he's pretty personal. Like Again, I think our conversation on LinkedIn led to this. So, so apparently he will, will talk to you about things too. So my yep. friend, this was great. Uh, if yeah, I ever yeah. get back to London, if we ever can come back to London, you know, maybe we'll have a pint or something somewhere. So, yeah, sure. And likewise, I come to Portland. Uh, <laughs> I'll come yeah. look you up. I'm actually on the East Coast, but yeah. So oh, are you? Okay. Yeah, Fair that's genius over there. Yeah, but yeah. So cool, man. All right. Well, thank you so much. This was great. Thank you, John. Appreciate All right. it. All right. Sure, sure. Bye bye.